Praise the Lord. This is Pastor David Moore of Make a Difference Ministry. I want to share with you a word that the Holy Spirit has given me. Very powerful word. I received it yesterday when I was cooking for Thanksgiving dinner. The Lord began to speak to me. I don't know. I can't explain it. It's like I woke up. I had about four hours of sleep. I got up, started cooking, and I just wanted to pray in tongues. And I said, Lord, I want you with me. I want you here today. And I began to pray in the spirit while I was cooking dinner and uh, cooking for our Thanksgiving dinner. And I just began to pray in the spirit. And, and then I felt like, you know what, I'm going to listen to this preacher I got and the apostle. Uh, Jonas Clark so I put him in and meditating in what he was saying and uh, his teachings were about 45 minutes long and uh, took it out after it was done and I put a worship CD in and just uh, praising God just in here worshiping and praising God and praying in tongues and uh, my mom was asleep so I was by myself just worshiping and singing and praying in tongues and the Holy Spirit manifested himself in such a powerful, powerful way. Before I read you this word that the Lord had given me, I want to read you a scripture. Now, I preached on this on Anchor, and it's uh, one of my teachings I did on foundation, uh, the true foundation of Jesus Christ. Because God is doing something in the atmosphere. God is doing something in these last days. And I really feel this very strongly. I'm not saying that the, um, the pastoral, the, the evangelist and teacher ministry is over. But I am saying that the apostle and the prophets, prophetess, are going to step up. They are going to be in the forefront doing ministry. But the pastor, the evangelist, and teacher are also going to be doing their ministry. But the, uh, it's time for the uh, apostle and the prophets to step up. And uh, I was sharing with uh, an individual yesterday about how the ministry of the apostle and prophet uh, <clears throat> how the labors are few and the har- the, the, but the harvest is plenteous and I was sharing with them I believe the reason why the labors are few is because the apostles and prophets uh, <clears throat> had haven't stepped up yet, you know, but now it's time for them to step up and go and bring in the harvest. So I'm excited about what God's doing in these last days. I'm stirred up in my heart. God has really been ministering to me on an individual level more than I what I've experienced in the past in my life. I've really been sensing his anointing and, uh, and, and sensing his power in such a unique and special way. So now, 
If you have your Bibles, open them up to the book of Ephesians chapter 2. Praise the Lord. We're fixing to read something that the Lord has put in my spirit. Uh, I'm building something on this subject already in these scriptures. Uh, I'm in the process of kinking it together. And uh, sometime, hopefully next year, it will be done. But I'm going to take my time and I'm going to really build into this sermon. There's a message that the Lord put in my spirit that I'm working on called reassuring your foundation. And, And then the Lord put this in my spirit. The evaluation, reassessment, report of your foundation. So the body of Christ needs to understand their foundation and they need to analyze their foundation and look at it and and begin to take a report to see what needs to be corrected, what needs to be changed. Because so many of us have foundations that's not proper. We have foundations that's been laid or set by false teachers, false ministers, false evangelists, and and false teachers that are set in place that need to be changed. We need to root out and, and tear down so that we can rebuild. Praise God. And, uh, and I was sharing with somebody the other day about um, how we can't even really reuse that old stones that we used to have. We need to get rid of everything, throw it away, and rebuild with new stones. Because you can't take an old system and try to bring this old system into the new system that God's trying to do. We all know the story about the the old bottles and the new wine. And when you put the new wine in the old bottles, the bottles will bust. It won't work. You cannot take an old system and try to put it into the new system. The old method, the old uh, uh, way of doing things, you cannot bring that into this new system that God's trying to establish. Even though it's it's a uh, system that God's trying to establish through the apostles and prophets, it's not an old system. It's, it, I mean, it's been there for years, but but God's trying to bring it to um, um, God's trying to to bring it up to the forefront, so to speak. He's trying to bring it up and so that uh, His anointing can anoint that thing, and so that it could be used for the glory of God. Now we know, according to Corinthians, that that God's not the author of confusion. We know, according to Scripture in Corinthians, that that God. He's not um, a God that creates division or shikam in the church. God is a God of unity. And this system that God's establishing, this new foundation that God's trying to establish, this old system, the old pastors, the old ministers, the old evangelists and teachers are against it. See, they want to kick against it because we don't do that way 
we do it this way because we've done it for 30 years. And but God's trying to bring uh, the system into the body of Christ so that he can change us, so that he can renew us, so that he can build us up and establish us to bring the harvest in. There's a harvest out there. There's a harvest that's dying in sin. There's a harvest out there that, that, that we need to pick up and we need to bring in. But with this old system, they're not going to come. With this old system, they're not going to be drawn. That's what's keeping them away. God said it's time to change. And I'll share that with you a little bit here. I'm trying to not preach, but I might end up preaching this word to you. But in second, or excuse me, in Ephesians chapter two, we look here around verse um, verse uh, 19. Uh, I challenge you to read the whole chapter, but verse 19 is where I want to start out at. The Bible says, "Now wherefore ye are no more strangers and foreigners, but follow citizens." with the saints and of the household of God and are built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone in whom all the building fitly framed together groweth unto an holy temple in the Lord well when I was sharing this with somebody yesterday this particular verse jumped off the page at me and it said in whom all the building fit fitly framed together you know like a puzzle piece when you take a puzzle and you have 500 pieces of this puzzle maybe you have a thousand five thousand piece puzzle and you lay them out there and you begin to put this puzzle together, like I always start with the edge, and you know, and you start from the edge, then you work your way from the outer part of the puzzle into the inner part of the puzzle. That's a system that I've done for years. It works. You know what I'm saying? It works. But if your system is not fitly coming together, well, that system must be thrown out. Come on, somebody. That's a good time to shout right there. Because if you're trying to put an old system into that system, and it doesn't work. So you can have two different puzzles, two different sized puzzles, and you try to put one puzzle piece into that other puzzle piece because it looks like it can fit and you try to do that, it's going to throw that puzzle off. You know, I had a prophet here several years ago preaching to my congregation. And, and, and when he come in to preach, he had a puzzle. And he was preaching about how these puzzles come together. And each piece represented someone that had piece of that puzzle. And when that person come together, and they put that piece together and this piece together, and we all come together in unity as a team, then we can accomplish things for the kingdom of God. And that piece means you have a purpose. But there's some pieces that's scattered. They're scattered abroad. And 
And, and I'm telling you, we need to go and get these pieces and bring them in. That's the harvest. Now, I'm saying all that because here it says, the foundation of Jesus Christ, the apostles and prophets, the foundation of Jesus Christ, it says here, in whom all the building fitly framed together groweth unto an holy temple in the Lord. So, if you want to know for sure that that uh, your system is working, number one, are you in harmony? Are you growing together in the Lord? Do you see what I'm saying? If there's growth and, and, and you're growing and producing fruit in the kingdom of God, now I'm not talking about coming together and shandying your bow tie and shake and shiver and and and, and it's, it's, it's say you had the presence of God. Now God manifests in unique in different ways like that and, and, and I've seen it where people went to other people's homes and the anointing of God shook and his presence was there. But what I'm talking about here is is there's a system that God has placed in the body of Christ that will cause the church to grow will cause individual growth, will cause the church to grow itself, will come together in the Lord, and we will fit together in God. But you cannot bring an old system into the new system. Do you understand what I'm trying to say? But it says here in verse 22, moving on, in whom, Ye also are builded together for the habitation of God through the Spirit. Is God inhabiting your services? Is God inhabiting your board meetings? Is God inhabiting you individually, your home, your marriage, your relationship? Is God inhabiting your workplace? Because think about this, if you come together, they're going to grow. See, that's the fruit that we're going to see. We're going to see supernatural growth. We're going to see not only a supernatural growth, you're going to see people in harmony. They're going to be in unity. Then you're going to begin to see the inhabitation of the presence of God. Those are the three major things that I see here in these scriptures. Now, let me get a drink of my coffee. My throat's kind of dry. Yesterday, I was sitting here cooking, minding my own business, and the inhabitation of God's presence came down. God's anointing came upon me. And His anointing manifested, and I began to pray in tongues. And it's kind of funny because before I go into that story, I was watching Dr. Mike Murdoch on video and watching a live show of him. And he was talking about how the Holy Spirit manifests when sometimes he just sits there and starts praying in tongues. And all of a sudden, he can interpret what God says. And then all of a sudden, he was sitting there talking. And next thing you know, he begins to pray in the Spirit. And then as he's beginning to pray in tongues, all of a sudden he gave an interpretation. 
And I was like, yeah, because I know that works. I experienced that in my own life several times. And then all of a sudden, that stirred me up. My faith was stirred up in that scripture because I was already praying in tongues. Think about that. And then all of a sudden, as I'm praying in the spirit and I'm singing in tongues, God gives me this word. And I sit down at the kitchen table and I begin to write. Now I want you to understand something. The anointing is subject to the prophet, the prophetic. Those who are anointed by God's presence at that particular point in time, you are subject. The anointing is subject. In other words, the anointing knows you. And some of us work differently. Some people can sit down and write so fast that it's amazing how they could just write down what God speaks to their heart. Now, some people may take some time to write that down. It may take a minute or two, but they write because the anointing is subject to you. I was sharing that with somebody the other day. I said, you may be a little faster than me, and you may understand it a little faster or a little slower, but you know God's going to work with you. God, the anointing is going to come upon you, and he's going to use you in your uniqueness. Excuse me. You have a piece of the puzzle, and your piece may not look like my piece. Glory to God. See, there are some pieces, a puzzle has edges, and if that puzzle that has edges didn't have edges, It wouldn't be a nice puzzle, would it? Take away all the edges and you put around the other piece of that puzzle. That puzzle would be very difficult to put together because there's no edges. But now let's just say this, for instance. Say you have a puzzle and then you put all the edges together, but yet there's no middle part. That's incomplete. So you have your place. There's some people that God calls to be edges. And that's their anointing. They're there to hold the church together. They're there to pray and intercede for the leadership. They're there to pray and intercede for individual people that are working in the ministry. You may not be behind the pulpit. You may not be up there on television. You may not have wrote a book. But God's placed you in that position for a reason. And we must allow God to to, to put us in the position that He wants us to be in. Stop trying to be in the position that you want to be in and be in the place where God wants to put you. So that we can build upon this foundation of Jesus Christ. Now, if you're not in the place where you need to be, you need to get out of that place Get on your face, seek God, and get in the right place that you need to be in. I don't think it's, I think a church, (coughs) excuse me, will grow in the ministry if we are in our right positions. God doesn't call you one week to be a worship leader and the next week to be the preacher. God doesn't call you next week to be the doorkeeper Come on, somebody. You got to get in your position. 
And you got to stay there so the anointing can develop in you. Now listen to this word I got. <clears throat> the Lord gave me this word. <clears throat> Excuse me. It's a very powerful word. I received this around 1025. This is what the Lord said. He says, I'm present with you. And you know that it is time to change. The hindrances that delay and obstruct your spiritual walk gets in the way of your miracle. The path and journey has not been an easy one. But the character that I've given you will mark you as a different person. The spirit of boldness that is in you will give you courage, strength to stand in these last days. Many do not understand you because of your strong, vivid spirit. But my anointing will carry you and cover you. The religious spirits will come against you on four sides. But it will not come near you. Many do not comprehend or grasp mentally why you're not moving in the same direction they are going. They question whether you are obeying my voice or not. Some even think that you are false and that you are being led by a spirit of divination only because you turn direction and in course to follow my voice. Just remember that Jesus was called a devil. Many are afraid of stepping out and doing what I've called them to do. Change the world for my glory. Many wolves that you call friends are only there to stop you from doing my Father's will. Save the nation. Child, stand up and tear down and rebuild the foundation of Jesus Christ. Listen to me, child. I will anoint you to do some difficult things. And you will speak to many. And it will feel uncomfortable. But only obey my voice. Do what I've called you to do. The voices that have said to you that you're not called don't know my voice. Many have said to you that you must sit down and be governed by our leadership. Listen, I'm not against governed leadership if my spirit is doing the leading. Religious spirits, like in the days of my son Jesus, will try to stop you from moving forward in my Father's will. Change this nation into doing my will in the earth. Don't stand idly by without a particular purpose or foundation. Inactive and lazy religious Christians get nervous when we tear down and rebuild the true foundation of Jesus Christ. 
Remove yourself from those people that stop you and reconnect, reestablish a communication with those who have the same like spirit. See, my spirit is in the river of God and it keeps moving forward. It doesn't stop and stagnate. My anointing is flowing through you and it must not be stopped. From the beginning of time, I never stopped moving. Do you remember what fire means? Fire is light and light is moving. So don't stop my spirit from moving through you. And the light must never go out. Let my fire explode violently with so much force that through you, you can change this nation with the love and grace of God. Now, when the Lord gave me this word, that was powerful. I took a break and I got up and a phone rang. I had to take a break because the phone rang. And I chatted with some family members and then I, I hung that up and then my one of my cousins called me and, and I hung up with him and then my other brother called me and in the middle of all this, I can feel like God's not done. God's not done, man. I know he's not done. So I got done and then I was sitting here and I sit back down at the table and I said, okay, Holy Ghost, I know you're not done. What? What do you want me to do? What is it that you're telling me, Lord? And then he began to speak to me again. And I got this one here around 1.47 uh, uh, p.m. And then the Lord, this is what the Lord said to me. The river current is moving to set the captives free. Those who have been held in bondage, the religious spirit has held down the church for years. It's coming alive in me. Those who were asleep has awakened from slumber. And now are willing to be led by my spirit. Rise up and move toward the banks of the river. And compel them by force to move closer to God. Praise is one way to encounter God's fire. Love is another way to experience God's presence and joy. Holiness is God's way of revealing himself to a lost generation. Let's turn their back on a loving God. Are you ready to see God face to face? Then as I was sitting there, I got a phone call from one of my brothers. And uh, we were communicating. He's a Christian. And um, we were talking. In the middle of him talking to me, the Holy Spirit was speaking into my spirit still. So I had to go sit down. And I had to write this while he was talking about something totally different. <laughs> so I had to write this down. And when I wrote this down, I'm telling you, it just broke my heart. It just it ministered to me. It really spoke to me. This is what God said. God sees in you what others don't see in you. See, God sees in you what you don't see in you. <clears throat> Excuse me. 
You may not see the potential. You may not see the gift yet. You may not even see the ability to do what God's called you to do. But God sees you. He sees in you. What others and what yourself don't see. Don't get discouraged because you don't see what he sees. Be patient. And then the Lord said this to me. Let God form you his way so he can mold you accordingly. See, there is an order. There's an order in God. And, and the order of God is his will, not your will. See, God moves accordingly. See, he wants to manifest and pour out in you his anointing. God wants to use you in these last days. Listen, the body of Christ needs to stop sitting. We are supposed to be in the river of God. And the rivers do not stagnate. They move. They have a current in them. If you want to experience the dutimous power of God, get in the river of God. If you want to experience and you want to see uh, God's move and deliver people, you've got to get in that river to flow in His grace, to flow in that anointing. There's a foundation. And in this foundation that God's building in the body of Christ, it's not the same foundation that's been sitting for years. God is doing some things. He's moving in the spirit. He's moving. You know, when Jesus stepped up on the scene, people were astonished at his doctrine. They were astonished at how Jesus wasn't preaching or teaching like the Pharisees were. He was preaching and teaching one who had authority. See, he knew who he was in Christ Jesus. He stepped up and began to minister the will of God. And many people came against him. I challenge you today to step up and do what God's called you to do. Step up and let God use you. Step up and, and, and begin to be used by God. Don't sit back and idly dry up and become stagnated. Don't allow your gifts and your talent that God has given you to dry up. If you are dried up and you are stagnated, when those people compel you to get in the river, jump in it. Jump in it like Peter did. Get out of that boat. Get on that water. Get where the river can wash off that stagnated smell. That religious smell. That religious spirit. We need to step up. Come on somebody, hear what I'm saying today. Hear the voice of the Lord speaking to you today through me. This is very humbling. 
This is very exciting also at the same time. God's calling you, prophet. God's calling you, apostle. God's calling you, evangelist. Step up and do what God has called you to do. Teachers, step up. Get in that prophetic church. Get in that prophetic anointing. Get in that apostolic mantle and do what God's called you to do. I challenge you and I commission you to obey my voice in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and step up. Understand religious spirits will try to stop you. Understand there's going to be resistance. Understand that people are going to try to convince you to sit down. But you do what the word of the Lord said. Remove yourself from those people. And get reconnected with people that had the same like spirit. The same like faith. Get out of that dead church. Get out of that religious atmosphere. Get in the prophetic atmosphere. Get in the apostolic atmosphere. Move in the spirit. Move in the spirit. Move in the spirit. Move. Move in the spirit. Move. Move with purpose. Move with purpose. Move with vision. Move. 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 Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. God bless you, and you have a wonderful day.